Kibitza. This is the You Are Not Listening to This Podcast. My name is Will James. And I've been kind of, you know, uh, both too caught up in the things I've been doing in life, you know, parenting, working. Um, and then at the same time, kind of off the grid a bit to make another episode of this. It's been, it's been a while. Um, and I was wondering what might inspire me to come back and say something. And as it turns out, I got a little unknown gift for my 39th birthday. Gift is an interesting word to use. <laughs> it's not something I wanted something I wish I had not found indeed but on my birthday the publication known as the Adventist Review which is like a it's a it's an official Adventist donation denomination wide uh, magazine like it, it purports to represent a dialogue and commentary along the lines of that which fits the interpretive view of the denomination as a whole that speaks to the biblical truths known to the denomination at the time it writes. Now there are times where an article is posted that might say, hey, you know, this is not the opinions of the organization that produces this article. These are the thoughts of the author only. There's some disclaimers sometimes, but at least for the one I'm about to talk to you about, there wasn't one. And it's an article called Headship Matters. It's listed under commentary. And the subtitle is What the Bible Does and Doesn't Say About Male Headship. If you don't know what male headship is, it's exactly what it sounds like. The men should be the head of the family, the home, and the church. Now, it will probably not surprise you that this article was written by a woman. Her name is Laurel Damskeet. I don't know how to say her last name. But it was interesting. I, I was curious about her, so I looked into who she was. And she has her Master's of Divinity um, and another degree, some letters behind her name that I don't know. She lives in Tennessee. And she and her husband conduct great controversy tours to Europe. Now, those tours don't necessarily have anything to do with this article. But I do want to bring up that I think it's interesting that this individual, because I think it gives perspective to a person's mindset and worldview. So this person gives tours called Great Controversy Tours. Great Controversy is a concept that Adventists believe is the through line of the entire Bible. There's Jesus and the Great Controversy. So a Great Controversy Tour is effectively a tour that is informing you how religion at least the Christian one, uh, comes to be. 
So she's an Adventist, which is a uniquely American denomination of an Abrahamic religion that gives tours only in Europe. <laughs> tours that cover Rome, uh, the Waldensian Valleys, Switzerland, Germany, and France. <laughs> to tell you about the through line <laughs> of an Abrahamic religion. I think that's relevant. I think, it, I think that says something, and we don't need to get all the way into it. But that is who the author of this article is. Now, right off top, I have issues with this article, of course, but the introduction to it, the beginning paragraphs are articulating a purpose for writing a motivation. And that was to speak about how bad interpretations of scripture can lead to marital and child abuse in all forms, physical, verbal, sexual mental and how that can lead to the general subjugation of women right but it informs you of this by talking about how sometimes godly leaders fail and fall and it's because of this abuse of misinterpretations of scriptures and then often off you know covered up move to another district to repeat their sins or whatever. Now, in, in, in describing all of this, there are no male pronouns used. The clear indication is that men abuse the idea of headship. But I'm, the author did not directly address that at all. <laughs> and it passively touches it. Now, if I were to write an article that was about the importance of biblical male headship, and the first thing I said was addressing the issues of men abusing that policy, I would imagine the rest of my article would then be about how men should behave biblically. However, that is not what this article is about <laughs> right after pointing out <laughs> that bad interpretations of scripture can lead to abuses of this idea that lead to abuse uh, physical abuse sexual abuse all of that she then goes right into all of the conservative misogynistic high notes everything you would expect to hear she says things like if two of you cannot reach agreement, as sometimes happens, the biblical way is for the wife to submit. She then defines submit. It means to defer to another's judgment, to yield, or to stop trying to fight. Now again, her point is, some people take bad interpretations of scripture into their homes and commit atrocities or at churches and commit atrocities by abusing this power where of course women are not allowed to argue 
Don't fight. Don't press your opinion. Submit. Now, at some point in time, she does say, hey, by the way, biblical headship does not allow for marital rape. So she does address that one activity. But other than that, she says nothing to the men, but tells the women, make sure to stop trying to fight, which I'm sure is never said by the man who is committing the marital rape. She says her interpretation is supposed to prevent somehow. She addresses how women should behave, apparently to prevent being abused. She quotes Ellen White. She says, we women must remember that God has placed us subject to the husband. He's the head and our judgment, our views, our reasonings must agree with his, if possible. What if it's not possible, you may ask? Ellen White's got you covered. If it's not possible, the preference in God's word is given to the husband where it is not a matter of conscience. We, we being women, from Ellen White's perspective, we must yield to the head not should must must the term is used eight times in this article by the way to subscribe to this idea any ideas like this is to submit to being abused by them there is no way not to abuse this kind of power a power that says God says you have to agree with whatever I say as long as what I'm asking you to do isn't objectively evil, isn't sin, then do it. Why would you bother having your own opinions or thoughts if you just had to throw them out to match your husband's? You eventually just stop, right? What's the point? And men, do whatever you want, short of not getting consent, which of course, if she doesn't give you consent, you just tell her to stop trying to fight. Mind you, there's tons of abuses that fall short of the one thing she warns us men about in this article that are not okay, that wouldn't be sins or evil, objectively. All of which, of course, women must yield to. Quote the prophetess. But what's interesting is that's not even what disgusted me about this article. That I'm used to hearing. I'm used to reading. I'm used to having my skin crawl for and are part of the reasons why my daughter has a set foot in maybe two Adventist services and many other churches we would not set any foot in for these kinds of ideas. No offense to people that go to churches of any denomination, I'm just saying. Um, the ideas in this article are stemmed from, or by the way, are in a magazine that represents the denomination and are stemmed from methods of Bible study that were voted on back in the 80s by the denomination. I'm not speaking of individual people, I'm saying the name, the brand 
adopts things I do not stand for and will not stand for. But I'm used to hearing, wasn't shocked by. What got me in this article was how she set up the idea of male and female in the first place. So how'd she do it? Well, she talks about how Adventists are people of the book. She addresses that methods of Bible study document I was just saying from 1986, which outlines how Seventh-day Adventists are to interpret scripture. And she talks about, you know, and that document about how full theological authority is pulled from this non-negotiable assumption that all of the Bible, especially Genesis 1 through 11, is absolutely historically accurate and literal. And that, quote, although it was given to those who lived in ancient Near Eastern Mediterranean contexts, the Bible transcends its cultural backgrounds to serve as God's word for all cultural, racial, and situational contexts in all ages. That's directly from that document that we voted on. I contend there are no Adventists that believe that. None that you would want to be friends with. Because think about what's culturally and situationally allowed contextually in the Bible. Incest. Slavery. Like things that we would absolutely ban and do ban because they are not okay. We're okay. At different points in time in these contexts that we are saying are universal for all times. So we don't even believe that. It's just something we say so that we can keep talking about how much we hold the Bible up, right? But anyway, the whole point of that is to remind you that you should get all purpose and meaning from the first page of the Bible as a literal framework for what God intended in every way, shape, or form, and in no way an allegory. So we talk about God making Adam, okay? She points out that when God forms Adam from the dust of the earth, that he designed different organ systems for specific purposes. He formed the head with the brain's frontal lobe to be the governing authority of the whole body, the seat of moral decisions. The temporal lobe would be the house of the memory, the emotions. Like she's going deeply into what the brain is that God created in Adam. The undisputed master of all organs. Of course, you shouldn't call it the most important one because a brain with no heart, lungs, kidneys, whatever. Things would die outside of the body. So we're not saying it's the most important, but it is the undisputed master. She goes on to say that when God designed Adam, she designed him as the monarch of the world, which is footnoted to let you know what monarch means. And that means by definition, a sole and absolute ruler. This is Adam, man, pre-Eve. Undisputed master of organs, monarch of the world, sole and absolute ruler. Then, she gets into the creation of Eve. She says the creator then fashions a spectacular human, this time using pre-existing matter, as if the dust of the earth that Adam was formed wasn't pre-existing. Like she somehow makes a difference between these two 
materials when, in fact, there wouldn't be a difference at all. But she's pointing out that this was from a rib of Adam. Now again, her overall purpose, bad biblical interpretation leads to abuse. Then she perpetuates a bad interpretation because the word there that we interpret as rib most appropriately refers to a side, like a whole side, like a half, like split you down the middle. And a side-by-side -side view of this idea of creation of male and female would then present an egalitarian theology, perhaps. Equally made side-by-side, -side, half and half. But this is dismissed for what we would most likely term a lord and servant theology. Because Eve, Eve's not Adam's equal. Because she was made from something delicate in need of shielding and protection. Like the rib. These are the author's words. Shielding and protection. And the author makes the point to say that a rib is, quote, not brain nor skull. So now she's purposely contrasted the rib that makes Eve is not the head with brain that has authority created in Adam. This is how she's using Genesis 1. She's now said that the Bible is telling you that man, just man, is the sole and absolute ruler of the earth, the undisputed master of all organs of the body, while women are to be as Eve was, quote, beautiful in every way, complementing Adam's every desire and need, unquote, a statement she doesn't necessarily say Adam has to reciprocate. So men are these absolute rulers, head of the body women are to be beautiful and give them their every desire and need. Yield. Stop fighting. Men are heads. Men are brains. Women just happen to have them. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting that this article popped up because it reminds me of something my friend Jonathan Martin was talking about. He was talking about Acts 16. It's the story of Paul. He's walking through town. And there's a fortune teller following him and his companions around. And she's telling people that he's a man of God, that he's bringing a message of salvation. Now, when you hear that, well, that sounds biblical. I mean, she's saying stuff that sounds like it would come right out of there, right? It sounds nice. It sounds Christian-y. Yet, Paul turns around and performs an exorcism on her. He sees the spirit behind her interpretation as demonic. Now, it's Paul. Maybe he's just being a misogynistic asshole, too. But, I get those same demonic vibes from anyone that spouts what the Adventist review spouted on my birthday. Women are a separate class. A thing that needs to be shielded and protected and should never have its own way over the man that one has as a husband. Which, I mean, this article, by the way, is talking about, <laughs> it's just presuming you're in a, a marriage by the way 
Because obviously, if you're not, you just do what the pastor tells you, single ladies. And no, no one's abused that power before. Yet none of this article is addressed at how male leadership should behave in light of this interpretation. This is an article written to how women should perform to address the problem of women being abused, children being abused by men. Of course, she can't address this to men. I mean, (laughs) who was she to tell a man what to do, right? (laughs) Her husband would have to write that article. It's not funny, is it? Like, see, this stuff just goes behind in the backgrounds and everybody just sits around like it's no big deal. And then they wonder why they have to keep writing this article because these failures keep happening. But it's not from the bad interpretation, even though we're saying that's the cause of these things. You know, it's this stupid, stupid cycle of an inability to actually address problems because it might create uncertainty I'm disgusted do better anyway this has been the You're Not Listening to This Podcast my name is Will James I love you even though I don't